This podcast is a presentation of UCTV.TV, University of California Television. Like what you learn? Help others discover UCTV podcasts by leaving a comment or rating in iTunes. Welcome everyone to our series, the second panel. I am I'm very excited to be part of this uh, very interesting conversation as we continue to try to work together to figure out what things are going to be like in our post-COVID-19 economy. Um, and today, of course, we are focusing on um, consulting and corporate strategy. I'd like to welcome our two guests. Uh, first, Hussein Sharifi, who received his PhD in 2016 from UC Davis in horticulture and agronomy. And now he is working for McKinsey & Company as a specialist consultant. And our second guest is Greg Thomas, who received his MBA from UC Davis Graduate School of Management in 1998 and is now a vice president at North Highland Consulting. So thank you very much for joining us today. We're really um, excited that you could be here. Um, okay, so in the first part of our discussion, I'm gonna um, field five questions that we've put together to start our discussion. It'll take probably about an hour. And then in the second half, as Jackie alluded, we're gonna have questions. So um, you'll be submitting your questions in writing. Questions will probably come up as we go through uh, the our um, question, the introductions. So um, I encourage you to write them down or type them and then have them ready to submit um, so that we can transition when we move into the question section. Okay, so um, all of these questions are gonna be directed to both panelists and we'll alternate who goes first. Um, so for our first question, I'd like to ask, what has been the effect of COVID-19 on your industry so far? So what do you think are the most important things how has the virus created particular challenges for consulting? Um, and Greg, let's start with you. Wonderful. Uh, thanks. Thanks, Elizabeth. Appreciate the uh, introduction. And just uh, by means of just a little bit more background on myself, I'll just uh, cover that quickly. Uh, prior to um, joining North Highland, which was about eight months ago, I was, uh, I was at Deloitte and Touche for um, nearly 20 years and about um, 15 years of that as a partner, primarily in the financial services practice. So I'm, um, if, you, if you hear this from me more than once, you'll hear that I'm a bit old school in some of my thinking, uh, having uh, graduated from the GSM in uh, 98. So I've been around the block a little bit and you know, seen, seen a lot of changes. So when I started in this business, sending a fax was uh, difficult, let alone picking up email. So um, we're in a huge benefit by just having uh, the technology we have today uh, and being able to do meetings like this as well as conduct business remotely. So there, um, so that's, it's been tolerable and it's been, uh, uh, but it's also had its challenges um, going forward. And I, um, when I look at this, um, the question that's been imposed and, um, happy. Um, I like I like uh, back and forth conversation myself, so I'm happy to uh, go off on different tracks. But um, a couple thoughts I had is when I look at consulting, um, it ultimately is about it is about doing great projects and great work for clients, but it's also um, more primarily about relationship building. And building relationships are very difficult when you're trying to do that um, on a screen or through email or um, other means, and so the ability to be face-to-face -face in front of a client and not being able to do that is, is difficult. And I, and I will say that that is definitely going to change the, our business. 
um, depending on how, what you uh, how you believe the, how long this will last and the and the general impacts. Um, I think for consultants to um, add value to their org- to the organizations that uh, they're consulting on and really solve dynamic problems, um, there is something to be said to be to being able to um, be in that kind of face to face work model. And so right now, as you expect, you know we're all working remotely. Uh, I am on video calls or conference calls almost all day long. Um, and it's just, uh, it definitely is, uh, uh, presents a challenge. It, it works well when you have good relationships with people. It doesn't, it's much harder when you're trying to build, um, those new relationships and really kind of expand your, uh, footprint as a practice. Um, you know, to be honest, I don't know how much this will change what we do. I mean, we've, we've seen a ton of, uh, um, changes already. We've seen impacts on our business. Um, but ultimately, it'll be, uh, it'll be, it will be kind of fascinating to see where this takes us. So it's, uh, I'm not sure I have a, uh, as specific as an answer other than I, I feel like eventually we got to get back to doing things in person and being able to have lunch or a cup of coffee with somebody and kind of just getting to know them as a person. Um, it's really interesting that you bring up the relationship aspect and you mentioned, you know, people that you already know and have good relationships with. And then I mean, there's obviously troublesome relationships, but you talked about building new relationships. Have you had um, a fair amount, have you been doing a fair amount of work of trying to generate new clients or, or create new projects? And do you have any examples of um, specific challenge that that presented and how you tried to deal with it? Sure. I mean, I, I mean, that's mostly probably what I spend uh, a uh, majority of my day is trying to open up new accounts and targets. And so in the Bay Area, we probably have a dozen clients we're trying to get into. Um, the North Highland does not have a big practice in the Bay Area. It's, it's a decent sized firm, about a thousand people, but it's primarily East uh, Coast focused. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it definitely has its challenges. I mean, I've I uh, have a pretty good network of, uh, of friends and former clients who are more than willing to take uh, phone calls and things like that. But there are other organizations where we don't, where I don't have those uh, relationships. And so it's spending a lot of time on LinkedIn and learning all the sales tools that are out there and really just trying to kind of drive ideas, try to put something compelling down that will get uh, um, somebody to respond to an email um, all the firms, because I'm still pretty connected to Deloitte, but all the firms are putting out content and information that um, about COVID, about all you know, ways of working, all different sorts of aspects of, you know, again, trying to engage um, uh, an, an organization that uh, um, or an individual that uh, might be compelling for them to go, hey, maybe I want to work with you. Maybe this is a, a good outfit to, to be involved in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really interesting to think about. But it, it, I will say it is disheartening to, uh, to put out those emails. And a lot of times, not, you know, we might send out 30, 40 emails and not get, you know, one response, um, which is, it's hard. It's, it's a definitely a different, uh, different than what I'm uh, frankly used to. There's the non-face-to-face. And then I know from my own experience that people's work days are shortened because they're doing childcare. So your email goes to the bottom of the list, right? Uh, <laughs> True. Okay. And and I haven't really, I didn't mention it, but I mean, a lot of, um, one of the areas that I'm trying to open up is in the oil and gas industry. And, you know, that industry has gotten decimated um, because the, you know, dropout of the uh, 
the oil prices, uh, um, leisure and hospitality has been, you know, completely decimated as a, as an industry. So it's, it's really tough. There's a lot of projects that have been canceled. Uh, there's been a lot of projects that, um, or I should say a number of clients have come, have asked for price reductions, like go to all their vendors and say, we want a 20% off the, um, you know, off the top reduction in the, in your fees. Um, so there is a lot of things like that. The, the positive is there's a strong belief that once things start getting back to normal, uh, with some of my, my peers that, uh, you know, business will boom, uh, will come, come back fairly quickly. Um, so prior to this, we were not able to even, um, uh, hire enough people. We lost our business because we had, we lacked people to work in it. So there was a, there was a bit of a, a uh, demand need on the people side that uh, obviously we should be able to fill uh, fairly quickly now and have availability for. Great. Thank you. Um, Hussein, let's shift to you. Um, the same question, what for you either building on Greg's points or on going in a new direction has been the effect of COVID-19 on your industry and um, what are in particular some of the challenges that you have faced? Um, well, Thanks, and uh, just want to say hi to everyone. Um, I think I talked to some of you uh, back in early um, winter when I visited Davis. But um, again, I think just a brief introduction to saying I have, um, I studied in plant sciences department, just uh, plant and environmental science building, um, and really unusual path to consulting. Um, according to McKinsey, I think what I like to build on, I think Greg mentioned the great point. I think a lot of our work is just working with the client hands to hand and um, that face relationship and um, is really important. Just, you know, as, as we, we talk about building trust and working with those guys like day to day. Um, I think if I look at it from another angle is that it's been, took some time for all of us to kind of get used to it is because of like the way that we work, for example, in a team that we work on a client, couple of us you're all like locked in a room you know for um, most of the day we work together and did like live problem solving and everything those, those toolkits that you need to have to basically build especially if you look at the projects like if you want to talk about a strategy corporate strategy which is today's topic um those kind of uh, project needs a lot of more interaction even within the team you know before you even go to clients so i think those challenges has been um uh, interesting and uh, from a person that you always like five days or four or five days a week you're traveling just come to be home that's another challenge to stay in one place um, so I think the uh, just to build on and I think what is unique in a couple of places like at least what we're experiencing is like at the firm that um, uh, we're realizing I mean if you look at the last few times the firm has been going through this multiple times so if you look at the last recession or other, you know, other event that happened. So we are learning and then and deploying all of those learnings for all of our teams to see like how we can, you know, really um, leverage those to alleviate some of the um, problems. As you said, you know, um, some of them has kids, you know, you need to take this time. Like what is those like those elements of like how you can work remotely um, from home and learn to work with Zoom, learn to change your background when you're talking to client. So all of those small things, but makes a lot of difference. Um, so I think uh, we are learning, um, and then it's, it is really important for, uh, I think at the firm, we're really focusing on like really communicate um, uh, frequently and as soon as possible about anything that you can uh, think of and, and reach out to, you know, and if you need help, just reach out. So 
I think that's at the end of the day, you need to take care of yourself and um, make sure you know what you need and uh, push things uh, forward. In terms of, I think, second part, um, so I, I'm coming from ag background and um, I'm dedicated to our agriculture practice here at McKinsey. So, um, so I have just you know mostly in that view I'm going to talk today, and um, it's interesting because uh, there. Depends where you're going to look at it, you know. In, in terms of the growers and key staple crops, um, we're going to have, um, you know, we're facing a lot of challenges. And Greg mentioned about oil and gas. And uh, if you look at corn and soybean and those big commodity, commoditized crops, they're already tied to um, uh, oil and gas prices. So if you think those goes down, there's one, you know, mostly a relationship with, uh, with, with the commodity prices. And um, at the end of the day, it's going to put pressure on farmers. Um, and I think you guys are hearing a lot of those stories. If you look online, you know, in, as, as COVID impact from the, you know, meat production, you don't have enough cows, don't eat, so you don't buy enough corn. And um, so the, in the, the, there will be an uh, impact across the value chain, but again, the, uh, the impact it varies, depends where you're going to look at. Like if you look at inputs, um, inputs for the farmers, if you look at the fertilizer, it's also um, attached to oil and gas, oil, oil prices. So oil prices goes down, fertilizer gets cheaper. So this, you know, you, you got to uh, put all those pieces together. Um, I was wanting to follow up on when you were talking about how a lot of your businesses, you're working like in a room with someone at your client and you really develop a relationship with them. Um, how much of that have you been able to leverage? Like, are you on Zoom with them frequently during the day or does it feel like a really big disconnect that all of a sudden, you're just working separately. Um, it depends, really. Um, so, I would, one thing I, I learned is like Zoom is good. Uh, is good for uh, sometimes. It's not good all the time. So, um, it's is uh, sometimes you know it helps just text with someone um, or you know, it's, and then you have to be mindful of like how many people you're gonna have, like how the interaction is gonna go, and um, th those kind of things when you work with the client. So, in in last like few months that we're working remotely. Um, I mean, from phone call to text to simple, like, you know, can you just jump on a Zoom with me? Um, um, it depends on the person. And as you get to, to know people, you get to know how to work with them. So that's really important too, just like see what works, what doesn't. Mm -hmm. Like if you want to just run something quickly, just send it to them, say, take a look. Um, can I call you five minutes after you look and just get the feedback, you know? Solve the things because you want to. At the end of the day, you want to be as efficient as you want, uh, as you can, and um, just take, you know, put yourself in their shoes. And um, and we're in a service industry, so you have to make sure that you're doing the best. But for, for me, at least, it's been the combination of everything. I'm not going to say uh, not using Zoom because I am, and actually, my my partner here always says like, hey, you use it. Um, but it is one of the good things to do but at the same time I think just you know simple texts and phone calls just as useful as you know zoom can be um so this is a nice segue into the second question which um is the flip side and I'll continue with you Hussein and then we'll move back to Greg um in terms of what has really not changed so much so what parts of your business seem resistant to the economic effects of the virus um like what kinds of things seem to you be kind of business as usual despite all of this social distancing and new kinds of work? Yeah, I, I think the, uh, I mean, I guess, I guess at the end of the day, if you're working with a client, the, the way that relationship, and, uh, you know, as 
Like if you look at the firm, how we work with the client, I mean, those, those doesn't change. Um, of course, I'm gonna just refer, reference what Greg said. If you have like established relationship, it's always easier. So, so you know how to work with them, like the client I'm working right now, I know how to work with them because I worked with them before. That doesn't really change anything, the dynamics. Um, it also really depends on what type of uh, uh, study you have. So like if you had, for example, like most of, you know, if you're working on something that you had less client interaction, it doesn't really change as much because, you know, you work with the team and you um, do that and then you take a step back at it. So you, you know, what is needed and you just, you know, push towards it. But um, if, if it's an opposite study um, or something that it has a lot of client interaction, you have to be like in a facility or something. Of course, you know, you can be impacted. But at the same time, you know, with all the technology we have, you have other solutions to go for it too. Uh, mm -hmm. I think one thing has been, I think I can highlight is like, okay, the, you know, client impact, really caring for our people, and two, really, um, uh, and then the third one will be looking for like new ways that you can reach out. Um, and those are never changed because as a firm, we always look at like, you know, how, what is the best way to do things. Um, and may or may not be, as a joke, we say sometimes, you know, if we actually go to reality of like three months back, it's going to take us some time actually to adjust back what we did before. Yes. So, you know, and it just take us time to get to this and take us you know, time to go back to where, you know, where we had started. Um, I hope I answered you, but as, but, you know, I, that's, that's how we work. So, the, uh, you know, you always need to put your, you know, client impact, you know, make sure you caring for people and those things, those never changes. So, mm -hmm. it's on top of your mind. Um, Greg, what are your thoughts about that? Oh, you're muted, Greg. You know, you think, you'd think after doing hours and hours of these meetings, you would remember to unmute and mute. So, so far, I haven't let myself unmuted when I should be the other way around, but we'll, we'll see how the next hour goes. Um, so when I looked at this question, I kind of um, thought about it from just where I see kind of consulting and having uh, been in this business for a long enough period of time to see now two major financial or two major economic downturns. And, you know, um, you know, and I, consulting moves very closely with the economy. When the economy does well, consulting overall does well. Um, when, it, when the economy goes bad, it, um, you know, so does the consulting business. And so generally over the last 10 years, consulting has been on a huge, a huge boom with um, most of the bigger firms growing, you know, um, you know, definitely high single digits, you know, low double digits over a long, long period of time and very consistent earnings and profitability. So obviously it's, uh, this is, uh, a challenge. Um, are there parts of the business that are resistant to the economic effects? You know, I, it really boils, you know, when I look at, when I think about the consulting business, um, because it's moving so much lockstep with the economy overall, overall, it's really going to suffer. There are probably parts of the economy that are, um, a little more resistant, um, to this current down, down, uh, downdraft or, or impact. And, um, and it really boils down to individual companies. And so I work, uh, one of the clients I work with is a major healthcare provider. And you would think with everything going on with hospitals being inundated that their business would be booming, but just the opposite because of all the elective 
um, procedures and surgeries have been canceled, so their their business is hurting. Uh, most retailers are are you know boarded up. If you uh, come to San Francisco, you'll see uh, a lot of the you know the the streets are literally um, retail after retail is closed, and a lot of those buildings have already been boarded up early. Um, but then a company like Amazon is you know doing great because of their business model. So it's it's there are pieces out there that are are doing well and are going to survive this. On um, the you know the there will I think there's a full expectation that there will be a good um, a good bounce um, to certain aspects of of our business, and then certain things just simply have to go on. I have a client um, who. I talked to last week and they're getting ready to release a, a large uh, request for a proposal RFP. And uh, it's something they've been planning on and we've known, I've known about for m- many, many months. And, you know, the intention was that's going to go on as normal. So there is some of that that will happen. There's, you know, the big initiatives um, that are, you know, mission critical to moving an organizational f- uh, forward. Uh, they're going to happen and, you know, consultants will um, be part of those opportunities. Uh, but, you know, in general, I think there's just been a, you know, major downshift in terms of, of growth and probably some negative growth for um, the time being. One thing I was wondering, and maybe this is just totally wrong, but I was trying to see a silver lining in this. And I was wondering if as things start to get more uncertain, and businesses are laying off, if there's opportunity for consulting, since it is a narrower project, it's outsourced, um, and that maybe there's some expertise that businesses don't have in-house and that they might want to look outside. Have you seen any things like that where there might be not overall increased opportunities, but some opportunities that wouldn't have arisen before? You know, that's a good question. So there's no no wrong no wrong questions or answers, right? Um, I, you know, I, it's interesting. I was actually thinking about the, I was almost thinking about this the opposite way that um, there's been this big push over the last, you know, 20 years uh, to, to do more outsourcing, more, more, more consultants. And um, I, I've worked for many years in financial services and they, they live like some of the big banking institutions cannot do anything without consultants. They literally, cannot you know, transform, do uh, um, strategic type work without consultants. And I wondered the opposite. It's like, well, if there's a lot of consultants that are, are no longer um, working, is there an opportunity to pick them up and, and move things forward? And there's been some of that. Um, I, I just don't have a good crystal ball on it. I, I definitely could see where certain aspects of the work would, you know, consulting work would continue to be pushed out, you know, outsource. It's definitely allows businesses. So if you think about, um, you know, it's one way to not carry a ton of staff if you're a, a financial services organization and you allow the consultants to um, go up and down. There are other different, I mean, I think we always think about, and I, I personally do, I always think about consulting as this standard, you've got a project, you're trying to solve a problem, uh, you're, you're in the trenches doing that. But there are more, the biggest trend I've seen over the last probably five years now is to where we go to more managed service uh, that are, are, you know, you almost could think about it as outsourcing, but you know, the big outsourcing move was like to, was to India with uh, technology resources. Um, but I actually see it happening in the U S where um, I know my former uh, employer where they started building um, more and more um, 
you know, IT help centers and all that in lower cost areas in the U.S. because there is talent available. If you can do that with a lower cost resource, you can actually be very, very competitive. And if anybody uh, has had to work across uh, multiple, multiple um, time zones, it's much more convenient to be only a time zone or two apart. So I think that's definitely a trend that I could see happening um, longer term. Um, but I also, I mean, one of the things that we do as a, as a firm is we, um, we go to a corporation and say, you've got a series of projects you're trying to accomplish. Give us your entire um, project management outsourcing operation, and we'll deal with the uh, ebbs and flows and the ups and downs. And if projects happen, we'll staff those projects. As projects finish or get canceled, we'll, we'll downstream that. And so that's, that I could see is definitely be something that um, people will start listening to. Um, mm-hmm. There, there's always that mindset of doing everything in house, but um, you know, it's. I think there's always conversations that can be happen. They can happen on different levels. Mm-hmm. Um, this does segue and back with Greg, and then we'll switch to Hussein. To um, you mentioned a few times about the recovery, and so I wanted to think about that. And there will be a recovery. Uh, but McKinsey um, and other companies were discussing this in terms of will there be a V-shape recovery? Will it be like a U-shape? So V-shape would bounce right back. U-shape would be kind of sitting on the bottom for a little bit and then slowly coming up or even maybe a W where we have a bounce and then um, it goes back down. Um, obviously, some of this depends on the epidemiological issues that we don't necessarily want to get into here, but I was wondering from an industry perspective, if um, you had thoughts on what the recovery would, would look like and maybe how you're preparing right now. Um, and I got that first. Yes. Okay. Thanks, Elizabeth. Um, I, 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 uh, it's funny. I, so you mentioned McKinsey and also I know um, Deloitte puts out an economic uh, report. It, it, if anybody I mean, I'm sure all the big four does something similar. It's um, I, for all the folks on the call, I definitely pick one of those up. And I know the one I look at comes into my mailbox, like, you know, um, just directly into me. And, it, you know, you can read it in about 15, 20 minutes and it's global. So you can look at, you know, talks about different aspects and it's the, the timing is good. So last week there was a, a report that was issued and it basically um, the chief economist for um, the Deloitte uh, U.S. firms basically said there's just a, a V-shaped recovery is just not going to happen. Um, there's just we're we're too far into it. There's too many things that are going against a V-shape. Uh, could it be a W or a U? Um, that was the big question, and it depends a lot on, like you said, the issues with the virus and the policy choices and the amount of stimulus that gets put in the economy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, our uh, CEO uh, said last week that they're ex- we're, they're, the, my firm is preparing for 12 to 18 months of economic hardship, which is pretty pretty rough uh, stuff um, because that really puts us you know a year from now we're going to still be trying to, to to move forward. I don't I to me that's a little in my my mind that's a little pessimistic. Um, there's definitely a view until there's a vaccine we really won't be able to get back to normal to you know. I won't be able to go um, to the San- see my San Francisco Giants play and do the things that we all like to do. Um, so I'm I'm hoping that's not the case, but um, you know it it does at this point um, where we stand and just the uh, just the damage that's been done to the economy. 
even if it starts uh, improving, I think it's, it's, we're only going to get so far um, before we're going to see real uh, economic growth from here. Um, Hussein, what are your thoughts? Um, I guess, same to Greg, I think there's, there's a lot of communication and publication from well, most, you know, the top uh, consulting firms. I would also encourage like, folks to read and a lot of cases studies. I guess the bottom line is when you read a lot of the, a lot of the analysis right now, it's really hard to say. Um, and depends where in, you know, where in the business you're looking at. Like, but if I put my, you know, if I look at for the ag side, um, if you're mainly retail and in a produce section, if you look at the last few months, actually your sales has been uh, like 20, 30% higher. So, uh, you know, people impulse buying and all the other things. Um, but, you know, I guess that's a really small, um, if you take, you know, look at the overall economy, um, at, it's really dependent on the, you know, where we're to, you know, which geography or region we're talking about. What has been the policy for, um, like, uh, dealing with the COVID? Uh, you know, what are the, um, uh, how drastic of measures we're taking to quarantine and other things. So I think it's just a lot related to those, a lot related on the financial health of the you know, those regions, you know, the country or other sectors we're looking at. Um, at this point, you know, we, uh, I would say it's really hard, but we, we do know, for example, you know, if, if you're, you know, main um, crop grower or other things, you know, at least you're going to have a, you know, the, uh, some time of downturn and, you know, the pricing and other things going to be impacted. And it, um, how is it going to go forward and uh, are we going to have more cases and how is going to play impact, you know, into uh, when, how things quarantine going to impact, you know, don't know. But also I think um, on the micro level, it just depends very, um, the where you are and in the value chain and how, uh, because it's impacting things in different ways. So, so um, slight detour, but so your focus is on ag, right? And you were yes. just saying that, um, ad companies have had an increase of 30% in sales? Not ad companies. So if you're like, for example, if, like if you look at the fresh fruit and vegetable sales, and if you're producing, you know, producer of fresh fruit and vegetables in the last few months, like if, <laughs> I guess it's evident for everyone, if you go to the grocery stores, um, uh, what were the items that were you couldn't find? Mm -hmm. um, so that it would be less with fresh food and vegetables, for example, but still you'd be like, if you look at the reports from, you know, the industry, you can, you see like 20 to 30% increase for those. But then you, you got to take a step back, you know, because you're not selling on like only to retail. If you're like, a, like if you're Salinas, Salinas and producing lettuce, for example, mm -hmm. if your retail goes up, how, how is it going with the food service or other places? So I think you got to look at all of those and, you know, how, how your business is like, you know, agile and how, you know, you, you can let it change. And it comes to, you know, uh, to your bottom line. If you're more retail oriented and you were like selling fresh fruit, less impacted maybe. And, and you know, again, you got to look at the holistic view. Not, not to say that this is across everybody. No, I'm just giving a really micro example of like what it can be. But um, at, the, at the macro level, um, uh, it's, you know, it's definitely impacted how long is it going to take and how the shape of recovery is going to be. Um, I would say it's difficult. I was also, there's a lot of webinars that um, uh, I know from McKinsey, the, um, the, the, the firm does on uh, different sec sectors or uh, part of the value chain and other um, like a general impact. Um, um, if folks, if I have time, like just listen to those is nothing is very useful. Um, 
but um, but that's at least my view that it will be really hard to say right now. Mm -hmm. Um, segueing into the next question, I was wondering as we're looking at the future, um, there's been a lot of discussion about how we're not going to go back. What we have now, we're going to build in with the future. And I was wondering what changes now do you see either continuing or shaping some kind of different work practice? So for example, we, um, Jack Dorsey in his famous announcement said, everyone will be able to work from home permanently. Um, do you see something either like that or just more generally some kind of change practice that you think might even be a better way of working, which will persist? even after things open up. So back to you, Hussein. Yeah, it's a good question. I think um, I think we're learning. And then I think there's some of the learning is actually is like, you know what, it's probably what we were doing before it was, it wasn't like, you know, it didn't, then it's not, basically what we're doing today might be a better way to do things. Um, do we need to, you know, or, I mean, if, if you look at it, Part of our work, we travel a lot for almost for all initiatives or all the studies you take. Do we need to do that, or what's the best form of like client engagement, team engagement, and then you know the, how we work together? I think some of those we will have a the kind of look back when, when the time comes to see like what works, what doesn't. Um, like uh, sometimes you know even myself, I, I thought like I'm on a study right now, and it was I thought man working from home. And with this uh, situation would be impossible, but it's actually working. So, do do we really need to go back to you know do those you know they take the routine back? Um, I'm not sure, and I think it will have a very positive impact on on some things. But um, if, if just as an overall like big picture, if we go future, I think it's going to take us some time to go back what we would did before with different with different changes that uh, this time really brought on. Um, and one of them is that, you know, if you don't need to, for example, travel or work um, from the office or other things that, you know, you, you can be as much, you know, you can do it at home. Those can be, you know, uh, can be done. The other thing is like, um, the main thing is like all of, uh, it depends on the scale too, but you know, the firms, is, all firms are trying to like provide the tools that you need to be able to work from home. So. Then, you know, by, as we go on, we get used to it and we will have more tools in our toolbox so to use. So those are, I think, uh, will remain with us and will change some of the dynamic of our, our work. Mm -hmm. Okay, thanks. Uh, Greg, what are your thoughts about that? Um, I, I, well, I think one, it's too early to, to say. I think, you know, I, I personally hope this is, a, is just a blip on the, on the map of the way things are. Um, you know, I, so I do think, so a couple things. One is I, I, I suspect that we will work from home more, period, uh, across the board. It's been kind of a, an evolution that's been happening that way over the years. I mean, um, at my firm, we more and more people can work from home. There's more flexibility with work arrangements, and I think people like that. Um, I still think there's a huge value with uh, uh, going and being face-to-face -face with your team or with your client. I know I did a project a few years ago uh, down for one of the big social media companies and um, everybody was coming in from the Bay Area with terrible commutes and I basically I begged everybody to come in at least one or two days a week so we could like all get in a room and brainstorm and whiteboard and all that kind of stuff. 
you know, it is, I haven't seen it yet, but it's almost impossible to whiteboard on Zoom that's effective. Maybe, maybe the technology gets there and people can do that. Um, but, you know, having a, you know, a three to four hour working session and everybody's contributing, it's, it's uh, you know, um, I, th- there's, to me, that's um, irreplaceable. So I, well, I do agree that um, we're going to move in that direction. I don't think it's going to be as uh, revolutionary as we, as some people are predicting. Um, but, but definitely, if there's not, if there, if you can work from home, work from home. I mean, personally, that's one of the things I love about consulting, is I can work. I work from home usually two to three days a week, no matter what. So now I'm five days a week, and I miss my two that I can actually be with my team or my clients to, you know, to be perfectly honest, even though I talk to them every day, it's not, the, not the same. Um, so I, you know, I think we'll, uh, we'll do that. I know a lot of organizations are going to be trying to cut their real estate cost and footprint. We'll see if we work survives the next few months. Um, because I think a lot of people are going to be, you know, leaving that type of business. Um, and so I think it's, it's really a matter of, of ultimately what happens, but um, I'm, I'm definitely a believer that being face-to-face, um, and we haven't really talked about it yet, and, um, but I'll bring it up. I mean, not every project goes well, and so it's one thing when you're working together and collaborating and everybody's like all smiles and happy, but uh, I've been in enough conversations where, with clients where they're, you know, frankly pissed off and unhappy with somebody or something or someone or myself, whatever, and Doing that on a Zoom call is not, uh, it's not fun to begin with, but it's going to be really difficult. So there, there's nothing beats being face-to-face when you have a challenge. Yeah, you know, I, there's obviously going to be a shift. I tend to agree with you that we're not going to replace face-to-face. And it's reminded me of the predictions in the dot-com boom, like around 2000, when people were like, people never go to stores anymore. Everything will be online, right? Like, <laughs> Very true. We're going to disappear, and then it's like, no, no, it's not. No. But it's different, right? It's different. Yeah, it'll be different. And, and I think it'll be, I mean, I don't think it will strike a good balance, and some some things will, you know, will definitely be that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, working, especially if you're an extroverted person, <laughs> just working with the team and other things, a lot you know, you, you can't, you can't take that away. That is my way too. And it's, it's way much more fun. You know, the, the work goes a lot easier. And, um, but, you know, I mean, this, this situation right now is, is something that we have to deal with, but uh, my personal preference as, you know, as Greg mentioned, is just nothing can replace, especially with the, the way that we work um, is a personal contact and just working together is just difficult. It also seems to me, um, King off some things you guys have been saying is that there's one thing about coasting on what you've had before. So it's almost as if we don't really know right now what the, what it's going to be like in six months, because when I think about not having face-to-face interaction, we really reduce the serendipitous discovery. So you just run into someone um, and that kind of thing, we sort of have a base that we can draw on right now, but to just think we're not going to need to rebuild that in the future, I think is probably wrong. But it'll be I mean, interesting to see how we integrate. Yeah, I think one of my uh, techniques that I've always used throughout my career is just being able to drop in on somebody, especially a client, and at the, you know, usually late in the day and just say, hey, what's, uh, how's, how are you feeling about things? What's going on in your world? You know, how's the team doing? How am I doing? Um, 
that's kind of, that's a little tougher when you can't just uh, do those spontaneous meetings. Um, but yeah, and even grabbing people, um, I think, you know, I, I would assume most people are in the consulting business because they generally like to work with people. Uh, it's really tough to do that through Zoom all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, and, and it's difficult sometimes. I mean, even, you know, some body language and other things that you can't read from Zoom. So um, you're in a team, you know, even if you're with your team and if you're working and other things, um, you know, sometimes you can, you know, you can see, you know, where the other person some somewhat thinking or feeling, but um, it's hard here. And, and that uh, pulse check that definitely helps. Like take, mm-hmm. take the time, how, you know, things are going and other things. Yeah. I was thinking, you know, you have a client who's upset. You could always fly out, but maybe being there would stop them from getting that upset or get in there earlier or something like that. So, right. um, right. Interesting. All right. So I'm going to segue to our um, last question. Who goes first? Sorry, we. <laughs> and, I have the first. I think I go first. You go first. I think I go first. So, I think I, go first question, I, I want to start focusing on new skills and hiring. Something that I think is going to be very interesting to the participants here who are um, looking for jobs. So there's a few parts to this question. Um, one is around new skills in a new business environment. So what should people be thinking about um, in terms of different kinds of skills that? In, employers are looking for specifically for hiring consultants, but also maybe what you've seen in your clients. Um, and then also in terms of like tactically, how is your hiring changed? Are you guys really like kind of tightening up and waiting to see how the economy um, is going to change? So um, yes. And then also the second part of this question, if you had prepared an answer to this was um, how the digitization, digitization of the economy um, might accelerate more as a result of the pandemic. And so if maybe addressing these things in a package. Um. So if I'm going first, I'll, I will try to do this. This, uh, this is, I've, of all the questions, probably the hardest one to wrap my head around because it is early, but at the same time, um, it's just, it's so hard to say where this is going to go. Um, I mean, and I, and honestly, the first part, I feel like, um, maybe I'm just stating the obvious, but just having uh, technical competence. You don't have to be a, a technology person per se, but just being very comfortable with technology and all the different things we've got to do, I think is, um, I mean, is, is even more so. Um, the thoughts I had, a couple of the things I said, and maybe they're not skills, maybe they're more behaviors, but it's probably the best I could honestly come up with is the ability to collaborate, I think is really critical. Uh, it always has been, but I think it's even more so when you're when you're on a call with a dozen people and all trying to contribute, and only you know in a in a, in a Zoom call only one person can talk, or you just talk over each other and no one hears anything. Uh, I think is difficult. So I think collaboration is I think is even more even more more important. Um, and the other thing I'll say, and this is again a personal uh, thing, is being really good at being a self starter. Um, Monday mornings are never fun, but they are been brutal ever since this happened. I mean, it's like the first couple of weeks, every Monday, I it must've taken me hours to, you know, just get going and into the week because there's so much uncertainty, so much difficulty. You're the, the, you're out of the routine of going into the office and talking to people and catching up. So there's, I think there's a, a lot about, uh, just being a self-starter, um, I, I found is, um, 
again, it's more of a behavior than a skill, but um, it's one of those things you just got to think about how, how can I, how can I make this really happen and how can I move things along? And so having that energy to push behind it, I think is, is, is super critical. Um, just trying to take off the other, how has hiring changed? I, you know, I don't know for sure. Um, I know I still get, um, uh, you know, Indeed and LinkedIn still send job openings. So there are people hiring out there. There's no doubt about that. Um, I, my guess is it's going to be a whole lot easier because <laughs> the, my, my personal experience is that, um, it is so hard to get groups together for in-person in-office meetings, flying people out. If that's the, that's the opportunity to fly somebody in to an office meeting to meet people, I think it's just going to be accepted. You're going to hire people over um, a video conference and that's just the way it's going to be. And I think that's a great change. I think that, I think this idea of uh, um, spending months and months trying to fill positions because you can't get the hiring person or the hiring manager in front of the candidate is, is crazy. And so I think being able to do that more on a remote basis, I think will be uh, super positive. Um, I, uh, how, um, can I um, interject about hiring? Ahead, jump in. Have you specifically been doing hiring um, since the shutdown? Like, have you been involved in any interviews? Um, not, not yet. No, not. I think. Well, I'll, I'll put it this way. So, I mentioned the fact that we've got an opportunity. There's an opportunity I'm chasing for, um, um, and we're specifically. We don't have that exact person in our in my firm. Uh, it's a very specialized role, and so we're going to hire for that. We, we, we will probably make a contingent offer. So, but the idea is that the person would be named on the team and if uh, we can find that right person and then the offer would probably be contingent on winning the work. Okay. So there are, there are definitely opportunities or projects going on. I have a, um, a good friend of mine from my uh, uh, old days that's uh, very senior at uh, Salesforce. And his, when we, we try, we caught up on more of a, somewhat personal, somewhat, somewhat business uh, conversation. And he's like, they're, they're not slowing down. They're moving ahead. They've got a big Oracle upgrade. He's trying to get me positioned to try to help out on, on that opportunity. So there's, you know, don't, let's not lose out hope. This will get better. Um, and I, you know, I, I know it will feel like it's going to take a while, but uh, things will start improving. And I think there are a lot of, especially in the technology area, a lot of those companies will come out in great shape. Mm-hmm. Um, did you still want me to tackle the rest of this? We had a digitization question, which kind of you know, sort of segued into it. If you feel like you want to speak to it, otherwise we can. I, I, I have to believe it will. I don't know exactly how it will. Um, you know, it's, it's going to happen. There's a lot of, um, I mean, the fact that all of us are ordering food online. I mean, some of that was going on before. I think that's going to completely move things forward. I'm really curious that, um, and I haven't seen this. I know we all, everybody orders things, you know, clothes and things, shoes online through Zappos or whatever. But the, the idea that a retail store down the street will do curbside you know, pick up and things like that. I think that's pretty cool. I would really like to see the small retail shops do so somehow figure out how to make this work. Um, it, it would be really great if they could do that. Mm-hmm. So I think more and more will be, um, uh, will be doing things online, digit, um, digit, digitizing that aspect of it and coming up with ideas to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And um, I think I probably answered the last part on how it will manifest either in the industry and the economy overall. Um, you know, I think one of the things that doesn't, it's probably not talked about, but I keep hearing about is just, you know, the idea that there'll be more and more manufacturing that happens in the U.S. because of the, if anything, from the, the disruption in the supply chain that's occurred. Um, I heard a new, I read a news article the other day where the, one of the big automakers is trying to start back up and they literally could not do much because they can't get the parts coming in from Mexico or other places. So some of these supply chain disruptions have been, uh, had a huge impact. And I think a lot of a bigger industrial businesses are going to have to sit down and go, how do we keep that from happening? Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, Hussein. Yes. And I, I'm going to start with the digitization. I think that's this question. That's the one that I thought is the easier one at this point. Um, I think that's, uh, yeah. Um, if you look at it, we have seen a huge increase in e-commerce and uh, online shopping. And um, while some of that is probably because of the situation right now, but I think that would have a long-term impact, how we, how we do things, how we buy things. Um, and, and, and I think despite probably, so some of them would put pressure on the supply chain and how to figure out and things to, you know, to be best uh, manage those things. But, but I think overall there's a general trend um, and it will stay. I'm probably not, if we look at it right now, if it's, like um, well, whatever percentage right now, if even it goes down, but it will definitely keep, um, from my view, is it would uh, keep the trend uh, towards digitization. Um, the, to answer your first thing, I think the first question is about you know the newest skills in, in your business. Um, I'm part of the Acre team in um, in McKinsey, which is the center of excellence for ag analytics um, for our ag, ag practice. So. Most of our team, uh, for the, the, in the team, we have like from data scientists, um, I think your business uh, analytics uh, folks, I don't think they're here today, but you know, those type of like profile. Um, um, and, um, and, and because we're in ag, so most people come in with, you know, climate change, ag, you know, bother like a geography and other background here. Um, I definitely encourage people um, at least that's because I'm coming from unusual background. Like I was in hard science, I did, you know, research in rice fields from Sacramento North. I was always walking the entire summer. Um, encourage you guys if you're interested, like, because the the uh, if is it, to me it's like it's another tool in your toolbox. If you know, like, for example, some of the uh, you know the machine learning analytics and uh, the, the, how to deal with the big data, you know, and any technical things, it would definitely help you. Um, and I think that's just, you know, if you need that tool to use it, it's great. And, uh, you know, I've, I've used, you know, coding and other things with the client that I went to. And, you know, as, as, a, as a consultant, of course, you go do and try. But if you know already how to code and, you know, stuff, it's just like a big plus and helps you for that. And um, I think it's just a, um, it's a value that you bring to the, to the firm that you're going to go to. So I would encourage you guys just to look into it um, um, and and. And as, as we look at the projects that we get, um, you know, throughout in the last few years or so, uh, it's getting more, you know, sophisticated and you need more degree of like, you know, if you need a higher, you know, precession on analytics or other things. So it definitely helps. And um, like, I think for us, for our team, we are still hiring um, data scientists for, for our team. So um, so that's, that's that part. And then, 
Have you been involved in any hiring? Like, is hiring going on usual as usual, or is it slowed a little bit? Um, not specifically with hiring. So, because you know we have such a huge firm that the um, the, um, the the parts of the hiring teams are separate, and then they, um, they, um, they push it through. But for our um, specific example that I give you guys from uh, my team that I'm uh, that I'm belonging within our act practice, so we're still hiring and um, we're I think looking for data scientists. Um, but uh, as a general, as a McKinsey, um, like uh, is really early to say, and I've you know I haven't been really close involved. So okay, okay. Well, thank you. Um, so I think we uh, can move on to the question part. Um, for anyone who has questions, you can uh, I get well. I'll turn it back over to Jackie, but we'll be um, entering through chat and be sure to specify which. Um, of the two panelists or both that you would like to direct the question. Okay, yes, yeah, so please go ahead and start submitting your questions and uh, Professor Pantikas will uh, convey them to the panelists. Okay, we have our first question. Um, this is for Greg, it's from Daniel Student. Um, he says, Greg, do you have any advice for MBAs with a nonprofit leadership background um, to convince that they can be an asset as a consultant in the for-profit sector? Is this an obstacle that makes for less likelihood of success once employed in an organization such as yours? Despite MBA classwork, team lead on the integrated management consulting project, internal referral, I find I am still having to defend myself to recruiters. <laughs> um. So I, you know, I, I definitely don't, so a couple things. So I think um, having a nonprofit background is a great background to have. Um, I would probably say you, when you think about consulting and maybe, maybe uh, I give you my take is, you know, as consulting has changed, it's gotten more specialized. So I think a lot of everybody thinks about it specialized from a technology standpoint or, or what you offer from what we call capabilities. So you're, you know, where you're going to build your skill as a, a consultant, but it also comes on the industry side as well. And um, um, uh, just like Hussein's very specialized in ag business, um, you know, other folks are very deep into certain types of industries or business. And so I think, I think what you've got to do when you think about your background to make it more relevant to the recruiter is to think about, okay, so, I've got a nonprofit background. What what for-profit industries are are going to be most aligned to that and have similar mission statements? Because I think it'll be easier to to relate to not just the recruiter but also the hiring manager. And the things that popped in my my hand are um, healthcare, which has a very strong not-for-profit component. A lot of healthcare providers are um, are non-for-profit. That's probably one. Um, Government is another area that has, I think, similar aspects to it and similar kind of missions. Um, and so you just got to think about that. There are also a lot of even tech companies that um, pride themselves in terms of the uh, philanthropy they do, and they would probably be more willing to think about it that way. Um, to be honest, you might shy away a little bit from financial services. It just really depends. But there are, there, you know, one of the biggest um, philanthropy organizations and one of the biggest funds in the world is the Gates Foundation up in Seattle. And they're, um, they're also, you know, it's run, my understanding is it's run just like any kind of uh, financial services, but it's got a strong 
you know, mission statement around what it's trying to do with, with, uh, with that money and, and direction. So it's really trying to think about, I think you just got to think a little bit harder about, um, you know, what industries would resonate, my background resonate with them and the mission and the vision of the organization would help. Thank you. Um, Hussein, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I, I, I think the same, the same area as Greg mentioned, I think to me it's like, it's true, you know, like myself, a good example of like uh, specializing in a field. But at the end of the day, if when you go to, uh, let's say, interview with the big firms or like come to McKenzie and you do an interview, uh, what they're looking for you is like how you structure problem, you know, how, how you actually, uh, uh, you know, solve the problem and how cre creative you are to deliver and uh, communicate. So uh, you, if you have those skills uh, it doesn't really matter what you know at the end of the day type of project you go in it's true so if you don't if you have a for-profit in healthcare for example you you know the lay of the land better and it just take you less to get up to speed but the, the essential for working is that as long as you can structure as long as you can you know give, you know impact focus and all of those uh, the core things that we're looking for in a person um i don't see any issue you like be you're working on let's say healthcare um a non-profit or going for a for-profit, which is like, you know, the one other player in, in the same industry. So I don't see that as an issue at all. Thank you. Um, the next question for um, both of our panelists. Um, Greg, we'll start with you again um, from NG. If we assume the post-COVID economic environment will be changed for the midterm, how do you anticipate your strategic advice or directions you usually offer your clients will change? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I, um, I mean, I think, I think what's going to be interesting is all the, everybody's, um, you know, um, op, business model operating environment will change somehow, right? We're not going to, we're going to come out of this with a different perspective and, and, and sense of things. Um, I, I do, my, my hope is that, um, companies will think more about, um, the longer term, I think in American business, there's always been a very short-term quarter-for-quarter kind of mentality, and I hope that changes. Um, the, and this is not a, my unique thought. I've read it somewhere else, but I, I really hope the other big change will be is that uh, more and more companies will value their, um, their human, uh, you know, the, the, the people component as being a true asset of the organization because business doesn't happen without, without us, without the people that do the work. And I don't always think that uh, organizations uh, put as much value on that as they should. And I really hope that is something that will change. Okay, good, thank you. Um, Hussein, the question again is, if we assume the post-COVID economic environment will be changed for the midterm, how do you anticipate your strategic advice or directions you usually offer your clients will change? Um. That, yeah, that's a good question. I think to me, uh, again, I think the advice for them, I guess for the, for the client itself, there, there are two things. I think there's one thing we talked about that's like internally. And I think part of the question is here, like how internally you, uh, you change, you know, you build values for your client. And I, I think that's been our core focus too. So to really build like, on the human human side of this, on the human capital side of things, I'll make people like 
what they need, how they work to really bring their best for the client. Because at the end of the day, you know, if you're with a team to work towards like, you know, delivering that strategy or what, you know, the, um, uh, what, what the project is, um, you really want to have them to have the tools and, you know, what they need to uh, as a building, you know, as a developmental and other uh, lenses to look at. And so for Intel, I think that's been a huge focus for, um, at least for us to like how we really we can work in this environment and what do we really need in terms of tools, in terms of what is like personal needs and other things to really deliver that, the, uh, to be the best of ourselves, to really bring the best to for our client. And then, and I think uh, for the client side, I think it's just um, working the same as you, you think you are. They're in the same shoes as you are, you know, they work in the same environment right now with a lot of things that are uncertain and they don't know. Um, and I think it's just like realizing all those and you work with them. So, and you, um, and, bringing that you know and just um, be as you know open as you can and uh, just push that forward um and it just really varies you know and but but at the end of the day you just need to really work with the client and then uh, really not they're in the same shoes as you are so just try to push that in but uh but i would say like the main focus i mean something that really helped me in the last few weeks at least here has been internally how you know any things that we needed just to in terms of like you know tools or anything that I needed to make sure that I can bring the best to my client and that's been available. You know sometimes you just don't know. So there's some insights you have to just call somebody else. So how you can actually use the best time of others, you know, everyone is like time limited. They have you know chores and other things that they need to take care of is not like before. So um, um, those things just take take a lot of it makes a big a big difference in your approach. Mm -hmm. Um, thank you. Our next question, I'll start with you again, Hussein, so we'll alternate. Um, it's from Patrick Rosenberg for both candidates. Um, and this is about internal development. Um, I can't imagine all consultants are experienced with the effects and best practices in an environment like the one COVID is facing. Have your companies placed any emphasis on internal development or sharing knowledge to help build value for clients? Yeah, I think I just answered that as part of the next uh, previous question. I probably was looking at the wrong question here in the chat. Um, so anyway, I, I think to me it's like, uh, and then I mentioned that before, it's been a huge um, emphasis from the firm. And um, not only from some unique cases that we have right now, sometimes, you know, you because you um, you went through some of like, probably not with this, this is fairly new, but some of the learnings from the past also helps. And the, the, the firm is, has been putting a lot of uh, emphasis and uh, attention to really bring the, um, you know, those ideas through communication, um, you know, just how frequent, who, you know, who to reach to. Um, and then, of course, there's a lot of things around, like, you know, the, the structure of how you work with, uh, how you work. There's tools that you need. There's some trainings that you might need. There's, you know, um, those are one side. The other side of thing is, you know, of course, your mental health and, you know, other things that you might need help with and other things as we go through all of this. So I think um, it's been a huge um, focus at, uh, at least for, you know, uh, in the last uh, couple of months for us just to make sure that, you know, we have what we can, you know, in terms of that and then just to bring the best of the value. I mean, the, the simple simple things can be like how to run it like a Zoom meeting, you know, how to actually... <laughs> 
they do like a different partitioning into different groups. Sometimes you think, oh, well, I run, I ran work, workshop with client. Now I don't really know how to do it, but uh, this is what we need to do now if, if, you know, if your project is going on, but you know, uh, the, uh, then the, the, the question comes in how you can get this, the support you needed to actually be able to do that, so. Thank you. Um, that was a good follow-up, thank you. Um, Greg, uh, any thoughts from this question, internal development? Yeah, I, I would, I get it back to my comment about just collaboration and, um, you know, I, I've always had a strong desire to work somewhere where there's a very collaborative environment, not all environments are as collaborative as, as, uh, as others. And my, I mean, I'll, I don't know if there's anything um, organized, but I definitely feel like, you know, with business being down, there's just a, a strong desire and emphasis and willing, people are willing to help out and, uh, you know, do whatever it takes to, if, if, if there are opportunities to, um, to make the most of it. So um, we're all being stretched in different directions with, um, you know, with the, a lot of uncertainty, but I think at the same time, um, just, you know, um, I've just felt like there's a lot of emphasis on helping each other um, and being supportive and, and frankly, being flexible because, um, you know, I know for some folks with kids and dealing with, you know, childcare issues, I have a manager works for me and his son's bouncing in the background uh, for 20 minutes. I don't know how he can continue to work and stay going. And I was on the, on a meeting with their head of uh, HR and her daughter was begging her to put fairy wings on her in the middle of when she's speaking to like 60 people. So, you know, things happen. It, you know, you move on. So. All right, thank you. Um, our next question from Megan Kerr, um, and we'll start with you again, Greg, um, and to both panelists. Have any of your client engagements pivoted? In other words, have any engagements changed scope as a result of the new circumstances? A modified engagement or a different engagement altogether? Or perhaps it is too soon to tell, being a few months into the crisis. Curious about how dynamic this environment is for both you in terms of client for both of you in terms of client engagements? Um, and, I, and, uh, and I don't wanna be negative, but I'm gonna to have to be a little bit here. So I've seen projects get canceled, um, initiatives just get shut down. Um, we've seen approval processes. Like we, I literally had a project that was sold, uh, agreed to, all set to go. And the client came back and said, we've got a whole new layer of approvals we need and justifications we need to go through. And that's been um, at least two weeks going on three. So, so far it's, you know, companies have really tightened uh, everything they do. And um, um, I fully expect all that work will happen. It just, um, it's just harder to get things done at the moment. Um, I haven't seen anything where the scope is pivoted per se. It's more, it's more just the, agreement to do XYZ and it just takes a lot more, um, it just takes additional layers to get through the procurement cycle. Um, Hussein? Yeah. Positive. Um, positive on perhaps, um, I guess from the, um, from the scope side, yeah, I think uh, I agree that I, you know, I haven't seen much change, you know, that that's, that's normally stays the same. And my, uh, initiative that I'm right now, a study right now and others. So um, I haven't seen any change on, you know, on this scope that that's something, but 
I'm now in the matter of canceling or other things. So, um, you know, it's, 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 really it's, it's really active. And I think all the firms right now trying to, you know, whatever they can and they work with the client. And it just is really client specific too in a situation that, um, you know, if, if they're tight and resources, uh, imagine like right now. So if, if you work from home, the client also work from home, they have this facing the similar issues. So what that means for them, what that means for us and how we can figure that out. I think it's a really dynamic uh, environment right now to figure that out. Um, and it's a really client-based and um, uh, different and different industry and practice you think about it. You know, if you're on a healthcare, for example, right now, uh, you can see the, um, you know, the demand side and other things that is going on with the different um, uh, initiatives. But, um, but yeah, it's changing a lot. But at least from our side, um, uh, you know, things are going forward, but um, of course there's a too early sometimes, but at the same time, client specific. Mm -hmm. um, the next question from Alika, and say we'll start with you, um, for both speakers, do you see the nature of the problems you solve as a consultant change over the coming years, both res with respect to the current situation and otherwise? Um, am I going first? Um, so I think there, there, if you look at it, you know, I, I mean, from, from this, this talk about like a very specific example, like if, if, if people are worried right now that, you know, I'm going to pick up, a, um, uh, let's say fruit or vegetable that is not packaged or other things. So I don't want to buy it because I don't know who touched it and other things and because of the importance of COVID. So I think some of this is going to change the, the things that probably we, you know, we need to think about like, uh, are we going to have more packaging trend in the industry? So are we going to have, you know, people are going to buy more things that is packaged? Are people are going to be more trend towards like, um, like innovation as like, like antimicrobial packaging? I don't know, but there's, there's a stuff that, you know, that um, we will see in the future that is going to come out from the, uh, you know, impact of the COVID. Um, and those, those things um, also, I'm going to use this word again. It's early to say which one of these trends is going to stay, which one, you know, or not. But, you know, right now, if you look at um, uh, like across many things, you know, e-commerce is going up. Are we people buying more, you know, uh, packaged food or not? Or how they're concerned about the food safety, for example, and how that's going to shape the future. And, you know, whoever is in that um, uh, involved in the value chain is going to be impacted and how they think and how they operate and how, they, you know, they need to figure out, you know, solving the issues or, you know, tackling these new trends in the future. Um, that's going to be for sure. Um, Craig, any thoughts? I like Hussein's answer. I thought those were pretty good. Um, I don't know if I have that many good examples in terms of how things will change. I, you know, I'll be in, I always think it's interesting to look back um, and, and to think back about you know, the times and the nature of things, um, the finance, you know, the, if you start with the dot-com bust, it's really didn't change things very much. It just moved us forward in a big way in terms of technology. And even the financial crisis, I think was very difficult and challenging for a long, for a period of time. Um, but you know, we went, we, then we at the back end had 10 years of growth. I think this will be, I think a little scarier for a period of time. And then I think, you know, business will get back to business and, and I, I'm confident that it will roar back in a, in a significant way. Um, I think there's a lot of things that are super, are very uncertain. So we, and we talked about a bunch of them already with uh, 
you know, how will we all adapt to a different retail uh, market and getting our lives back to normal? Will we all sit at home all day and, and work? Um, it wasn't only, it was only a few years ago that pe- that employers thought that if you were home working all day, you were just goofing off and doing laundry instead of getting anything uh, done. But I, but I definitely could see as, as, as jobs change um, and roles change that there'll be more accommodation for um, kind of that flexible work environment. So if, if you think about it, there'll be less and less um, going, you know, less and less office space that will be needed. Um, I think there, there's a lot of predictions that the dynamics of where people will live. Uh, why do you need to live in a big city if you can uh, earn the same salary working uh, more remotely? Um, and, and so I think, I think those will be the bigger changes. How we, I think how firms and companies deal with those changes, I think will be the big, the big difference, right? right. If everybody's more dispersed across the country, um, you know, how will retailers deal with that? How will uh, different businesses deal with that? Will travel change as we know it um, uh, completely from now on? Um, I think those are the bigger uh, aspects. Um, and, you know, my hope is that there will always be projects, there's always um, technology and um, technology upgrades um, ultimately. If I go back, actually, so I guess the question about the nature of the problem, if, if you're doing like, you know, if, if, if you mean by nature, if you're dealing with like, what's the strategy, what is the procurement or all those like specific type things you do, I don't think those change. Now, what, what is specific topic, what tools you bring in to solve it? those might change. So, and depends, you know, and, and if, if, you know, it's part of the um, uh, strategies you need to go more e-commerce, what the tools you bring in to tackle that and what's, you know, the consumer and, you know, you need to figure out all those points of what are the com- consumer's pain points and, you know, what tools you can make, make sure to bring. How is that journey is going to be for them? How is it going to be for your client? So I think there's, there's the nature of type of it. This is a strategy to figure out how you, you know, growth or yada, yada. So that doesn't change, but does change with the topic and what tools and um, elements that you're thinking to bring in. So the levers to, you know, deploy. So. Okay, thanks. Um, uh, Greg, we'll go back to you. Um, the next question is, how do you encourage your clients to keep strategic focus? Um, I think means on activities that are value driven when some companies are just looking to try and survive. I think what's behind this is how do we like, you know, you're looking at growth and creating value. Yeah. I, I, um, and I got a, a big laugh out of it because I have a client that is, was so, um, lack some focus. Uh, we couldn't get anything done. And so we literally had a, we as a team, couldn't get, we, um, and we, and some of it was just pure administrative stuff. Like we need these things done so we can move forward. And so one of my uh, managers scheduled an hour meeting with them on a Friday afternoon. And basically we all watched him uh, go through his to-do list and work on the things we needed to have him do. And he actually appreciated it. I found it very annoying personally because I'm like, you know, you're, you, you should be able to get this done yourself, but if we have to be on a call with you for an hour, just to make sure things actually get moved forward, um, that's what we're going to do. Um, and so it's had big payoffs. Um, a lot, I think more to the, I think, I think that's the whole, um, 
a challenge and issue is really focusing on um, what's important and what's strategic. Um, you know, I, I, in the conversations that I've had with my clients and, and, um, and different, um, and the different people I work with on a day-to-day basis, I think after the first few weeks, the first couple of weeks were rough. We were all very distracted. One of the gentlemen I work with literally took a couple of days off. Um, he's a fairly senior leader in my firm and he's just like, I needed to, you know, take a break and get out of here for a little bit. But I think we've all come together to realize, you know, it's all about um, focusing on what's important um, as a as a consulting practice, as a firm, supporting each other. And really, you know, it's all right now. It's all about business development um, from a pure consulting standpoint. So just trying to figure out where those opportunities are and trying to trying to win them. Um, you know, I don't know if it actually gets to the heart of this question in terms of trying to get people focused, but I, my sense is people have come around that pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. I think that does get to it. Uh, Hussein, mm-hmm. on that value versus. Yeah, it's, I mean, kind of similar response. I think is, um, I think I, the, the main thing that is important for, you know, when you're working with a client is, well, what is, you know, what is the, what is the best for them? And, and what do you think is, you know, is the, the right path and, you know, the, um, or, you know, putting first client values first. So, um, of course, you might have a, a tough conversation and other things. You know, sometimes if you think that, you know, the focus is in a different place than you, you are. And, and you always pull all the resources you have to make sure, you know, what type of conversation you can have, who is the main, you know. From, from our side, from their side, and what, you know, what, what would be the best way to actually frame it and other things. But um, it's, uh, it, is, it is one of the challenges that I think in, like, in a couple of uh, my studies and, you know, this, you, you go through and, you know, uh, make sure. And, but at the end of the day, it's a client's values is first and, you know, what, what um, bring them in encouragement and through that. Um, and you have some processes too and uh, and just saying that like for example from one project i had you know we have you know like our partner and other things they have a good relationship and how they can start a conversation so uh, and you, you bring in everything but you know this is not as easy all the time and uh, this is the client too so if, if they see it and they like it it's good otherwise you know you would try to work the best you can to bring it bring it to the client meet them where they are yeah yeah um, Okay, so the next question, Hussein, we'll start with you again, is um, with many firms giving employees the option to work from home, what advice would you give on how to maintain a company's vision, given that routines for many employees have changed? What types of businesses, so I think that's the first part, and then there's also what types of businesses outside of Zoom have the opportunity to become exploiters to take advantage of the current market? Okay. I think the um, on the vision and values, basically. Um, uh, again, I think that this, if if you like, if if the firm's vision and values, I mean, those are two separate things. But uh, I think they're actually really important because um, we, as a people, you know, we withhold the values, and this goes to the first question too. You know, there's one of our values if you know, you know, you know basically bring the best stuff for the client. So that's that's one thing. And then the firm vision, it is. It's, it's hard to say, but I, I think f- for us, it's like if, if, the, if your vision is like, you know, of course, you know, when you go to the firm, it's always, do you have the mission statement, the vision and all other things. Um, it comes back what, 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 how you can 
bring the best. And right now, I don't, I don't see it because it's been just one or two months. If this goes for a long term, so then you would have some, you know, uh, discussion around this and how this is going to change. And, you know, and especially like is, if it's um, there not just only, you know, what is your vision, your values, but also come the question how we can actually keep those. And what are the things, you know, as, as, as we move forward, how that's going to change and how it's going to get impacted. To me right now, um, I haven't seen much of, you know, being an issue, but um, if, and it's too, you know, you're a couple of months into this, but as, as we go along, probably, um, I go back to Greg's like, point of like, people before think, if you're home, you're not working. <laughs> um, so I think that changes a lot. And, and everyone is working from home and we know that, you know, you put the best and um, how, how things are. And, you know, if you have a deadline to put something in forward and you, you work the best, you know, and with your team and other things to deliver. So um, I, I think that's just kind of evident of like, you know, how you push forward. Um, so that would be the first part. The second part. Oh man, I don't, I don't know. Do I have values issue with this? Um, so businesses that can take advantage of these change. Well, um, so I'll how routines for employees have changed. Yeah. Um, you want me to help you out with a couple? Yeah, of help me out with this. Great. <laughs> Go for it. So I, I mean, I do think it's yeah. The first part of this is harder than the second. I think. Yes. Yeah. Um, the, you know, companies that are, can take advantage of the digitization. So uh, Amazon, I think is a great, an easy example. Their business has taken right. off. Um, I'm not, I'm becoming less of a fan of Amazon because it's like their service models kind of disrupted, but at the same time they're, they're doing well. Um, a lot of the cloud services are going to do great because I think more and more um, organizations are going to go, why do we need a big IT right. I got to have people on site. I'll, I'll outsource that to uh, Microsoft or uh, um, to others. Um, you know, I'm. It's interesting. I'm. I'm. Uh, I have mixed feelings about the you know, the Uber and Lyft, but I know Uber um, did an acquisition of one of the delivery services because I I think they feel like that's going to be a long term trend. Um, and so I think there there are some niche kind of business models that kind of, uh, you know, um, uh, are going are gonna to thrive in this environment. And I think we'll have a long-term prospect. Um, there's, there's quite a few. Um, Airbnb is one that comes top of my mind, as well as WeWork. Are they going to survive um, uh, the economic uh, crisis? It'll be interesting. So there, you know, there's a handful that I think will do really well. Um, I'm really hopeful that uh, American business in general will just come get back to normal sooner than later. Uh, personally, um, I think I think the I, you know this this first part of this question just to, I'll touch on it briefly because I, I it's kind of tricky. I th I think this involves all around trust. Um, I I look at you know as somebody who works with teams and has led you know project teams over years. I, you know, I just have, you know, my view is that you've got to trust the people that you work for and now they're working from home and you just got to trust them working from home. There's no way around it. Um, if that, I would assume that I would hope that gets to the company's vision and mission is, you know, we trust our people to do good things and to, and to get the work done. Um, I will say I'm included in this boat, but, you know, I'm, I'm always happy if somebody reminds me of what I forgot to do because it is easy to get distracted. 
um, with every, it's, I, I'm not, I'm less worried about people putting in the effort. I'm more worried about the distractions that come up, you know, right when you get off a call and you're supposed to do three, you know, three or four things and then you forget about them and then you don't remember it all because you didn't have a chance to write them down. I've run into that myself. So I think, I think that's, um, I think that's all that this is. I think, um, I do think the world will change a little bit in terms of the percentage of people that are working from home from now on. Thank you. This has been really, um, really a great panel. I think don't have another question. I wanted to send it back to you. If you're all talked out, that's okay. But if there's closing words or things that have occurred to you in the conversation or something that you didn't think we'd covered, I wanted to give an opportunity um, to, for you to um, say something else. So uh, Hussein, was there anything that's come to mind that you think is important, especially for the students as they're um, moving through school uh, in this economy? Right. Um, so as a joke, uh, following up with the last thing, um, the last question here, I would say one of the businesses that I would like them to see thrive or do better is the CSAs. So um, as we don't get our previous, hopefully they can deliver, deliver and then um, hope, help the local production. Um, being Aggie in heart, so uh, that's one thing. This, this, I guess, my, my taking a step back, I think my advice would be, you know, uh, this is this is a time right now. Um, it's gonna pass. You, you know, it's gonna things gonna be back. You know, on one way or other, one. You know, the, the, the new normal is gonna be there someday. Um, and to me, it's like, you know, do what you can. Um, also on the, um, the one things we touched today, you know, what, what else you can decide if you're, you know, MBA student or other things, what else you can learn to really bring it in. Um, but at the end of the day, if you look at the, how, you know, you get uh, employed and, you know, go through interview and other things, is really how, you know, is just those, those couple of things that how, you know, how you think about the problem, how you structure it. Sorry to be like really a mainstream consultant here, but, but that, that, that's, that's that's the point of it, and I, I think just just try to be better at it. And and if 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 we are going towards a world that is more remote and other things, is like how you can be creative to really deliver the best uh, and show that you know uh, the best of yourself in that in that way, so that you know you you can stand out. And any other things you can learn around the journey, you know, is that analytics or other anything. So that that's just going to be helping you. So thank you. That's really. Nice advice. Um, Greg, any closing comments, closing thoughts? Oh, you're muted. I thought I unmuted myself, sorry. Um, just a couple quick thoughts. It's, it's, it is um, very hard, it is easy to focus on the very short-term nature of things right now. And, um, um, and but I would definitely look, and try to look as long-term as possible, look out a ways because um, I think a lot of a lot of good things will come out of um, the situation that we're currently facing. I would stay very very positive. I think um, I uh, again I I subscribe to a lot of you know different articles and podcasts to just stay focused. But you know a lot of great uh, startups usually come from tough economic times. Um, there's lots of ideas, lots of opportunities out there. Um, it's just a matter of just. Um, moving forward and staying um, focused. 
Um, and, um, you know, we're going to, we will get through this eventually. And I think we'll, um, I think that it's almost a good thing that the financial crisis was recent because I think the, the, the Fed and others understand what it takes to get through something like this. And I think we'll come out of it in, uh, in very good shape on the back end. You've been listening to a podcast by University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at uctv.tv.